this week on Just Like That, the number one Mike Goldberg-inspired podcast on the planet. We will recap UFC Fight Night 190, Gone vs. Volkov, hit you with our segments, Isn't He Awesome and Real World Callouts, and last but not least, we will discuss UFC 264, Poirier vs. McGregor. Here we go. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of Just Like That. We have this week Ryan still recovering from COVID. How's that going? Any updates? Uh, it's going, man. It's going. I should have maybe got the vaccine, got the got the Bill Gates chip, and uh, been able to avoid all this. But I didn't. I didn't think it was a big deal. I'm uh, like 11 days in, 12 days in, or something, and. Uh, I'm not feeling 100% yet, but uh, I'm I'm getting better. So. All right. Yeah, I gotta say, I um every every day that you tell me you're still locked up in your room with a uh, quarantine, I get a little worse survivor's guilt for being <laughs> for being at the event with you with you the whole entire night. Yeah. And. Uh, you deserve it. Why me? Why did it, why did I why was I spared? <laughs> yeah, Ashley too. She was like with me more than that like that's unbelievable you know nonstop. she must have like a she doesn't have it i i think i i got a new suspect on the jlt investigation i think it could have been her maybe she had one of those uh sleeper case one of those um yeah what is undetectable asymptomatic don't get symptoms yeah but that doesn't make sense because i was with yeah. i was right next to her too so maybe you both are maybe you're a suspect now i was the one going through airports and everything else so yeah that that makes sense <laughs> i don't think it was me but i got the negative test yeah that's true and she got the I, negative I'm test. still testing positive i took a test yesterday and i'm still positive so jeez yeah that's not helping my survivor's but, guilt why was i spared yeah they said they said it could take up to three months to get negative tests you don't actually need it for anything but but i they basically told me because it was a sec i took one on thursday and i was positive and then i took another one on saturday and then uh, they were like, yeah, you know, you don't have to keep coming back and getting tested. Like, you're, you're good to go if 10 days after symptoms. I'm like, all right. They're like, people need these tests, you fucking asshole. <laughs> say no more. No more tests. No more tests. We're just going to say you're negative from here on out. What's the worst that can happen? Yep. Yeah, so I don't know. This will be this will be the last quarantine edition. I didn't know it was going to go on for this long, but we've kind of just been – I haven't even had anything wrong with me. I've just came back from a few trips, and I haven't been in the best. I've been in shambles myself, so forgive us if we've been a little lax on our content lately. Um, I don't even think I've. I haven't even uploaded. I made that. Uh, I made that cover art last week, and I didn't even upload it. So if you listen to it on Spotify, you saw the custom quarantine edition cover art for the episode. But Apple Music does not, or Apple Podcast doesn't do uh, the. Uh, they don't upload the custom artwork, so I don't know. Week. We're gonna, yeah, I know that's and the worst part. Listens on on Apple, you know. Yeah, it's time to go back. Like Spotify, it doesn't matter how many Joe Rogans you sign, people ain't listening to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Get the JLT podcast on there. We'll take a deal. Yeah, they're signing everybody. They may they may scoop us up from the very bottom of the barrel. They're signing. They're literally <laughs> signing everybody. So we'll see. Maybe they'll see the artwork. But anyhow, like you've got all the guys at the top. Have you thought about you know? 
bringing in a few smaller exactly fish. balance it out give us a platform we'll give you a good deal <laughs> exactly all right so quick update there good to hear that things seem to be uh almost almost uh almost cleared up um no guarantees yet but seems like this will be our last hopefully our last quarantine episode but um that's a little that's a little uh side note before we begin we will i can't say we're going to start our, this episode as we always do because we started it with your with a with a health update there but we'll we'll jump into our episode now with our take of the week so a little bit a little bit delayed today but ryan as always take us away all right take of the week this week we got Andre Feely should have been given the win on Saturday night. I mean, when somebody's just absolutely destroying their opponent as bad as uh, Feely was beating up Pineda, I mean, a no contest just doesn't seem right regardless of the foul that was committed. I mean, there was zero chance. I mean, I guess not zero chance. There's always a puncher's chance, but it just didn't seem like it. Um, it was pretty I know much Pineda zero. has heavy hands, but it just, yeah, it looked, I mean, it was a 10-8 in that first round. Um, it looked like he was on his way to another 10-8, and, uh, and he gets a no contest. And it's no no disrespect to Pineda either. I mean, the guy's tough as hell. I can't believe the fight was still uh, still going. I mean, I feel he could have, I think, got the finish at the end of the first, but he took him down, and just maybe it was a gas tank thing. He was maybe getting a little tired and didn't want to uh, completely gas himself out after uh, beating the shit out of Pineda all around. But, I mean, Feely's usually got a pretty good gas tank. So, I mean... And it wasn't it wasn't one of these these ones we see where uh, you know Pineda was just trying to take the easy way out because he didn't want to. He's like, oh, I could get a no contest and uh, and not have to get my ass beat anymore. So I'm just gonna fake like I can't see. He literally was telling the ref he could see, and he guessed uh, one. The ref closed his one eye, put up three fingers, and Pineda guessed one. Um, so he just took a a complete guess and was completely wrong. And, uh, yeah, they had to stop the fight, but, uh, it just, yeah, I mean, it just seems like Feely, uh, deserved the win and, uh, yeah, yeah, he poked him in the eye, it, but it had completely it accidental intentional and, uh, yeah. And I think he was on his way to two, 10, eight rounds in a row. Yeah. That was a brutal beatdown. I'm not sure Daniel Pineda even has been training all that much since he just a bad matchup for him though. Yeah, he looked like shit. I mean, and Feely looked uh, as like Feely was the best I've ever seen him. I think. Yeah, and he uh, credit to Pineda for hanging in there. That was an absolute shellacking he was taking. A couple serious kicks to the head. I mean, Cub Swanson just knocked uh, Pineda out not that long ago. So I don't know. His chin held up against Feely's kicks and landed some monster ground and pound shots. I'm not sure, but why it held up this time. But yeah, he. I don't even think he had a puncher's chance at this point. It was so late i mean he's a one-round fighter basically all his wins have been finishes which means if he doesn't finish you he loses so um yeah i think it was literally impossible for him to win on the scorecards at that point but i do want to give him credit for dropping about i don't know what about 15 f-bombs on espn plus and they never caught him and censored him once that's pretty sick do they usually censor him uh on espn plus they do um, why did they keep Pineda oh, in the octagon for an, an interview after that? I have no clue. I mean, the guy just got destroyed. Joe Rogan, I don't like to interview fighters after they get knocked out, but if they get, if they sustain 
a hundred concussions during the fight. I'll still, I'll still. Talk I saw. Him. I mean, it wasn't Joe Rogan, but it was DC. DC, and it was weird. It was just like I saw DC. And DC didn't know what to say. He asked him to stay. Like, yeah, it it was strange. He didn't really know what to say, especially at the end. And one thing I noticed about DC, did you notice he's kind of getting really handsy and uh, in the post-fight uh, interviews and the octagon interviews, like he was constantly touching the fighters while he was speaking with them he's grabbing their hand grabbing their shoulder and it was really awkward joe rogue when he's in there very natural puts the hand on the back brings him in there's, and talks to him dc looking very <laughs> awkward with it i'm not sure what dc was doing but there is actually a function to that they have to keep pointing them in the right at the camera the fighters keep moving they have to have them like facing a certain way have you ever seen them like but before the interviews start they'll tell them like you got to stand right here and you got to face this way and then they start moving, and Rogan will actually steer them. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's what Rogan's DC was doing, though. Rogan's a lot better than DC. It looks a lot more natural. Yeah. I mean, DC was like, I don't want to touch you, but I guess like Rogan told me I have to, so like, this is like weird. Yeah, he he also doesn't always do the uh, Octagon interviews. He, he does them like one in five times that Very he rarely. calls fights. Maybe. It's usually Felder now. Felder usually does them if, if, it's, uh, if Felder's there. Yeah, you're right. So I don't know. Maybe he's just rusty. But let's keep it with Felder, cause yeah, I mean, but while we're on the broadcast, I mean, you're you you don't have anything on him the rest of the time, do you? No. Okay. Well, let's just say, like the Felder DC, and I think it was Brennan Fitzgerald, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yep. I mean, great job. They, I mean, that's what the broadcast should be like. When you get the Goon Squad, Cruz and Bisbing in there, it's like you might as well just turn off the audio. But I mean, Fel. Felder and DC, I think they're at the uh, the A team as far as ESPN, ESPN Plus cards are concerned. Absolutely, yeah, that was a solid, because solid pairing. Felder can go either way though. Yeah, you know, Felder, if you match him up with Bisbing, he acts like a fucking goon too. But you put him with a class act like DC, they get they get it done. I, we've been on this for a long time. I totally agree. I cannot agree more. And I think Felder's one of the best when he's doing when he is on. He's just easily impressionable by. Uh, by Bisping, he wants to he wants to be cool with Bisping. Yeah. yeah, he's talking in an English accent by the end of the <laughs> Yeah, it gets it just gets so very impressionable. It gets so out of hand with those guys. And usually it starts it's usually because they start off so off the wall goofy, talking about all this random shit, and then they they have trouble bringing steering the ship back for the real fights. I get it like goofing off a little in the prelims and DC does it too because who really cares? But then they, they, they seem to have trouble like getting back on track. They're like still playing grab ass when the real fights are going on. And uh it doesn't happen with this crew, so and I I honestly thought Brendan Fitzgerald did a solid job too, as far as I mean I never thought he was horrible or anything, but he just he's not like Anik. Yeah, I think he is getting better though, that's for sure. Yeah, I think he has to be. I mean the, he uh he probably had zero like MMA experience when he started he definitely does not look like a, a guy that has had much was around uh, fighting too often just yeah. a guy who wanted a broadcast he, job they don't make yeah definitely wasn't fighting before they don't make mouth guards that big <laughs> jeez yeah he does have a monster <laughs> a monster uh, mouth <laughs> alright should I jump into my call or my uh, take now I'm all discombobulated yeah all right. Sorry, I, I just kept going off on other tangents. <laughs> no, that was perfect. I, uh, I, we usually, have, we usually like to cover the cover the broadcast team, and I thought that that was a, that was a solid showing. So I was happy with that. 
Uh, my take, though, has nothing to do with any of these things. I don't think John Jones is ever going to fight at heavyweight. I don't think this is even that hot of a take. Um, big shakeup in the heavyweights. I don't know if you have any of this. I'll keep it stick. I'll stick to John Jones here, but big shakeup in the heavyweights. Um, he's just getting passed up and passed by. What we're looking at is kind of like a heavyweight Grand Prix type setup where he's possibly in the mix against Stipe um, with this new matchup, Derek Lewis, uh, Cyril Gaon, which makes, I mean, the fight makes sense, but the, uh, the fight doesn't even make that much sense, but the interim title makes no sense. But anyways, um, if he wasn't going to fight, Wait, there's an interim title. Yeah. Do you, did you see, I sent that to you today. Oh no, I, I must, uh, just missed it. Yeah. I, it wasn't in the best, uh, best tax, but yeah. So, so yeah, that's for the interim title. Three months after Francis wins the title, goes home for a couple months. Like, Dude, they're really pushing the the guy to defend that, his title quickly. That, that's insane. Yeah, I don't think it's like it's it's usually like at least a year before they can make an interim title. Like, well, we're just gonna make interim title. Like, I get it. A lot of people bitch about the interim titles, and and it's somewhat justifiable. Some somewhat not. I mean, if it's a year, I think it's fine to do an interim title. But three months after after somebody just defends his belt or wins his belt was defended or won it. Uh, well, either way, regardless, um, you're just going to set up an interim title. That just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, and on top of that, they wanted him to fight in August against Derek Lewis. He said, can we fight in September instead? And then they've put, they put Gan, who fought two days ago, in with Lewis for interim title in August. Well, you know what it is. They need a... Uh... They need a main event. Yeah, it's got to have need, a. They need a belt. They got on a the belt. Line. They got to put a belt on the line. But I feel like there's a better. I mean, who's gonna watch a, a pay per view headlined by Gon and Derek <laughs> Lewis with no belt on the line? <laughs> I mean, that'd be ridiculous. Yeah, but anyways, back to my take. John Jones, he has made a few excuses now not to fight. Now, not don't get me confused. I'm still a John Jones fan. This is still a John Jones podcast, but slight, slightly John Jones podcast, but. Now he's saying he needs more time now to move up. Saying they're not going to pay him enough to fight Francis. Does he think he's going to get paid more to fight Stipe? He, I, do you, I just don't see how any of this adds up. I honestly don't think he want, really wants to fight. I don't know what his, I don't know what his plan of attack is. But what do you see happening with this? Like, is he eventually just going to take a fight against somebody, not for a title, not even close to a title? We have to win two fights to get to the title. I think maybe he's stalling, hoping someone beats Francis, and then uh, and then he'll fight them for the heavyweight title for less money. But um, yeah, maybe I, maybe it's just if he wants to fight Francis, he wants to get paid that you know paid big time because he's most likely going to get his head taken off, and if uh, and he's willing to fight other people for less money um, or an easier path to the belt, you know. Yeah, I just I don't know. It just seems like how long are we? How, how, when did he relinquish the belt? A year ago year ago i mean i think it should be you should give yourself at least a year preferably a year and a half to two if you're trying to put on the weight correctly to move up to heavyweight from 205 because like i said everybody who doesn't take the time to put the weight on the right way they look like shit when they move up a weight division i mean holloway moving to 155 adesanya moving up to 205 like they just don't get it done like size matters i mean a lot of people say it doesn't it, it does it really does especially against a grappler 
um, or, you know, and especially moving up to heavyweight. We don't see guys do well. I mean, for example, this weekend, OSP moving up to heavyweight. It's yeah. second time he's tried it. Um, it was on short notice this time, and uh, you just need to take more time to put that put that weight on right. Yeah, maybe maybe something that maybe happened to John Jones was he exaggerated how heavy he gets in the offseason way too much. And now he's not actually being able to put that kind of weight on. Because I've heard him say like that he weighs like 245 when he's out before. Fight. Yeah, there's no way. But yeah, I know. That's what I think maybe the the the, the pounds is fighters when they're talking about their off weight, it just gets bigger and bigger. Like how much does Costa say he weighs? Like <laughs> I hear it all the time. John Jones is like, oh, I was powerlifting and I weighed 245 pounds and I was all muscle and this and that. It's like. Maybe some of those facts were exaggerated a little bit. I'm not sure, but it seems like with today's kind of like shakeup in the heavyweight division, he's like his window is like he he's always going to be able to get a fight if he wants a fight for the most part. But I don't think he's going to get a, this quick shot to the title unless, like you said, unless Francis goes through everybody and gets to John, but they're not going to pay him the money he wants, or he has to fight somebody else. It's going to be a risky fight to even get a chance to look at the title so i don't know man yeah if john jones wants to weigh 245 he's gotta stop skipping leg day <laughs> you can't you can't weigh that much of those skinny ass legs hey I, I think i've heard rogan say it a million times he can he can deadlift a shitload with those skinny legs <laughs> yeah that's true but i mean still yeah he just doesn't seem to have the frame to put on i know ton of muscle mass like it just his frame it's just more of a wiry frame like that's why i never seem like he can possibly be a big heavyweight that's why i never understood when they said when he would say like oh i'm 230 when i'm 230 when i start camp i'm 245 i've been up to 245 how where's that weight yeah but his brothers do which i mean they have massive frames so maybe it's just the you know the type of lifting or the conditioning program he's on i don't know yeah we'll find out i guess we'll find out but um, who? imagine if John Jones is the size of his brother. I know, or if his brothers. Fought, Those guys are like, tanks. Well, monster. the one that's not even—I don't think uh, the one is in the NFL anymore. He was really big, and then Chandler, I think, was the best, the better football player, by far the better yeah, football player, better. one of the best football players in the uh, in the league for a while there. Um, he is an absolute freak too. So. Yeah, hard to say. I don't know. I just, I. It's been a year now, and I'm just uh, a little leery about the about. I don't think John. I don't think things have gone the way he he really planned or hoped. So uh, it's hard for me to say. But I'm getting. Uh, I thought today's shakeup probably, and I haven't heard from him at all in a long time. So, and he hasn't DM me personally in over a year either. So, um, Jeez. hard to say, man. Is he even a fan of the show anymore? And I might be out of kicked out of his camp. That's why I'm talking trash now. <laughs> he didn't like my leg day routine. Jeez. All right. Well, we'll move on from that to our uh, our weekly recap here. We were recapping. Um, I don't remember what this is. This was a ESPN Plus card, right? Oh, here we go. Fight uh, night. Yeah. It was a fight night. One ninety. Gone versus Volkov. All right. We'll start off the main event here. Cyril Gone versus Alexander Volkov. I think we both picked Volkov here. Uh, I thought the I thought the value was good. That didn't look like a Volkov performance. I didn't think so much. Um, he's he talk about a guy that's put on some weight. That guy's gotten way bigger. 
Um, he used to look like Christophe Porzingis. Now he looks like uh, Ivan Drago, except it looked like he dyed his hair black. Wrong move. Got to bleach it if you want to win. Uh, was pretty much thoroughly out uh, outclassed by Gon, but it wasn't necessarily like a uh, super exciting fight. My theory here is maybe Gon is just so quick and he is fast that he kind of just freezes guys up and uh, takes them out of their own game and then he kind of lands his shots and gets in and out and um, wins on points. And I think that's his uh, strategy from here on out. Yeah. I don't know. I just, for some reason, Gon, I don't know if he's he's uh, spiking the water cooler or what, but guys just don't look like they should versus him. Guys don't look like they can versus him, like, kind of like you just said. But, I mean, I, I just think I'm I'm not going to go with that Gon. I mean, Gon looks better than I thought he was, but I'm not willing to say that he's better like that he's actually good i still think he's overrated i'm i'm just moving the bar up a little bit every time yeah. so um you know i didn't think he's a top 10 guy or a top five guy before now he's not a top three guy um you know black beast is gonna do what black beast does and he's gonna shut his lights out uh, you heard it here first um yeah i mean i don't know i just thought volkov would be able to to do a little bit more um gone his jab he just works the jab real good he's able to get it in and out i mean he is he definitely is better than i thought but he's fast um, i think that's I'm not, his key i'm not willing to call him the next title holder i mean i'm interested to see him versus francis when the time comes because uh they were training partners for a long time so these guys know a lot about each other and uh we'll be really be able to see like uh you know how it how it's gonna go i mean i just i think francis takes anyone's head off but i think uh Gan does have some of the tools to uh, to get Francis in a little bit of a in a little bit of trouble. It seems like he doesn't get hit clean that often, um, but it, it only takes one from Francis. So, yeah, or Derek Lewis. Yeah, I don't know. I just think he's so fast. I think the speed is the biggest factor for him. But again, I'm I'm with you. I'm not super. Uh, I'm not like super blown away by it or anything. Maybe he's just kind of lulling us all to sleep, and uh, maybe he's just uh, more technical than we think. But he did thoroughly yeah, beat not, Alexander Volkov. It's not exciting for a heavyweight fight, yeah. right? Yeah, and for a guy who looks like him, he should be knocking guys out. But I don't really even see him weighing that many solid, like power punches. He, I don't think he's ever wobbled a guy <laughs> or dropped a guy. I, yeah. He's definitely. I don't think he, I haven't seen him drop anyone, and uh, I don't really see him like buckle anyone's knees or anything either. So yeah, and Volkov's a guy that's been buckled quite a few times. So. Yeah, but not 300-pound Volkov. Yeah. What is he on? He's on something, man. How did he get so big? He has to He's be. a different guy. I mean, it. He if you watch his fights, I mean, I noticed it mostly in his last fight. Uh, but then when you look back, like, he has just been adding weight every single time he's come out. Like, every single fight, he's just a little bigger, and now he's just huge. So he weighs right at the limit, so I'm guessing he cut a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a monster. Yeah, he really is. Um, you don't see many six eight guys who are are that thick. Dude's thick now. Yeah, I mean he's at the he's at the limit. He's two sixty five. So by design, by Russian steroids, by the lab, by whatever they were putting their Olympians on, I'm not sure, but he is uh he's bulked up. He's thick boy. Right, he's on something. Right, you don't be tra you're not trying hey, to mask. Don't ask me because you know my answer about all of them. <laughs> He doesn't necessarily look shredded, but he's just so massive. I mean, you don't need to be shredded to be on steroids. You know, you can just gain tons. Let of me mass tell you too. my take here: you can't make your shoulders wider without supplements. 
Yeah, you right. can only do so much. You your frame is your frame, but if you if you get on stuff, you can build your shoulders out. You can build your body wider. Not that you can't do it naturally, but it doesn't happen in the cor- over the course of a year or two. It happens over like the course of a lifetime, and it's uh it's highly unlikely to me that he. But you know me, man. I think every Brazilian fighter's on the juice, which I'm pretty sure I'm right about that too. But um, yeah. What about our next? Or what about Roni Bar- Barcelos? Act. You mean Mini Mini Barboza? Yeah, Mini Barboza. Yeah, you want to just jump to him now since we're brought him up. Yeah, All right, we'll yeah, come we back. We'll come back for uh, Bozer and OSP in a minute, but we'll go to probably the most exciting fight: Roni Barcelos versus uh, Timor Valiev. And um, this did get fight of the night, I think, didn't it? This was a good fight. This was a fun, This was a sick fight. Yeah, great fight, and it just I had Barcelos yeah. in this one. It. It really screwed me over betting wise. Tough um, loss. For, I would have done all right. Tough loss for a guy who had it in the bag. Credit to Timor Valiev. And did they say he said he trains with Frankie Edgar, right? What are the odds that like that's the most Frankie Edgar shit I've ever seen? Flopping around getting right? uppercut. I guess you just got it in you when uh when you train with Frankie. I mean, Barcelos, just the first and third round, it's like, what are you doing, man? I get it. You're looking for that shot, but if a guy's outpacing you with volume, um, but you're landing the heavier shots. It just doesn't matter unless you drop them like you did in round two. So like you just got to pick up the pace a little bit. I think his corner needed to be, you know, they needed to be way more on him to up the volume. Um, or I don't know if they were, I think they were speaking in Brazilian, but I mean, it doesn't seem like he didn't come out and look like that's what his plan was. No. So, um, it just, uh, he gave this one away. I think he's the better fighter. He looks like the better fighter. He's got real fast hands. Um, he's throws power. with a lot of power and he throws with power the entire fight. Uh, it's not like one of these guys that comes in in the first round throwing heat and he's, and he's throwing softballs by the end. Um, he, he maintains it throughout the whole entire fight and his wrestling's good. His takedown defense is some of the best takedown defense I think I've ever seen, um, against a pretty good grappler in uh Valley F. But, uh, yeah, he really just gave this one away. Um, one judge scored at a 10, eight, um, in the in the second round and gave it a draw uh i kind of see that but that um i don't know yeah maybe it is but he was really out um, of it um he was really out of it but it wasn't like avaliev was doing some before that it wasn't like the entire round of domination you know yeah. it was like maybe a, a half of a round of domination but i don't know it could have been a 10-8 i i see why two judges didn't score a 10-8 though but uh yeah, I mean, but, you know, Valiev, I mean, credit to him. This He did exactly what he needed to do to win this fight and more by able being able to get up from the dead, basically. I mean, he rounds one and two, perfection for Valiev. That's exactly what he needed to do to win the fight. Round three, or I mean, round two, um, yeah, I mean, it just didn't go his way round two. He got fucking crushed. That uppercut when he was getting back up was insane. Those are awesome. Um, That's one of the best punches in yeah. MMA. When somebody lands the uppercut to a already wobbled opponent, that's one of the best punches yeah. to land. And he, I can't believe he survived it and came out for round three and was able to basically recreate what he did in round one. It was, uh, it was pretty impressive. Yeah, he looked really good. It was just a really good fight all around. And yeah, I think uh, Barcelos is maybe his weakness is he just if the if the openings don't present themselves, he's not going to be able to do anything else because that's all he would do is wait for his opening. And he was landing. He was landing when he when the openings came, but 
the clock, he just ran out of time to win the fight. He was the better, I think he, for sure he was the better fighter, but he ran out of time to win, and we've seen that happen before. And we joke about that too, like running out of time to win. It's kind of like a, a joke, and when you lose, you lose. But um, he really just didn't get, didn't get the openings he wanted, and uh, he let the clock run out for him. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So that's about all I got on this one. You got anything no, else? No, great fight. Tanner we'll uh, jump back up, though, to uh, Tanner Bozer versus OSP at heavyweight. Um, Tanner Bozer, I, I kind of just tried to fade him. I shouldn't have. I didn't realize that OSP was not actually going to fight. That was my mistake. Um, Tanner Bozer got the job done, got the finish. Possibly a controversial fence grab. Watched it back. Was not a fence grab. I was wrong, just looked like a fence grab, so I had to um, pull back my protest, but OSP um, just didn't fight. He didn't do anything. Yeah, he didn't He didn't look good. Um, I mean, I think OSP is now in uh, do-not-bet territory for me, at least. Um, it just wasn't a great performance. It's like there's two OSPs. It's either he's getting it done right from the beginning or he just looks like shit the entire fight. I mean, Tanner Bozer, um, I'm definitely not on the, on the train of uh, future heavyweight contender, but, uh, you know, he, he can get it done versus certain guys. You know, he, he's able to, he's, he's a decent middle of the pack heavyweight, you know, he's like a seven, eight, nine, ten type guy. Seems like he's going to beat a lot of guys. He's going to lose to to the elite guys, obviously, every time. So I think Tanner Bozer will uh, will kind of settle in into the division as like a, a top 10 gatekeeper of sorts. Yeah, I think that's a good spot for him. Um, I think OSP's first stint at heavyweight against Ben Rothwell was significantly better than this, than this yeah. attempt. It wasn't great, though. Rothwell just had too much size on him. Um and yeah but it definitely he looked like shit in this fight so i mean maybe it's the short notice he didn't have time to put on the weight he wasn't expecting to fight at heavyweight but i don't know it's just uh, i i don't i don't i don't know why i'm just kind of like anti tanner bozer so just i don't like to see him win well i, I think know. we were it's like get your get your tooth fixed too <laughs> like you look like a huge hillbilly like from the sticks in canada but maybe that's what he's i think we were high him, so. i think we were kind of high on him when he first the, the, when covid first started because he was staying super active and then um yeah i don't know what it well, is well he lost arlovsky just, just annoys me he lost arlovsky in a terrible fight but that i think we i for sure picked him in that fight like I, there's no way i thought there's no way he's gonna lose that fight and then he lost to Lear latifi like three weeks ago which i actually bet latifi i faded bozer so i'm like man you can't go wrong picking against Bozer so that's my that's my angle on it and I thought I thought OSP would just get the job done because usually guys with the the better the much more prolific track records do better against the real like like you said kind of like gatekeeper middle of pack guys but he uh credit to him he put his lights out yeah exactly all right but, uh, yeah, we can move on to the next one. Yeah. On Andre Feely versus Daniel Pineda, which we already kind of talked yeah, about. Yeah, this was so, a beating. Um, yeah. Yeah, just Andre Feely completely was curb stomping Daniel Pineda. But just I couldn't believe he made it out of the first round. Kind of Feely's fault. Um, but, uh, yeah, we got the eye poke. It ended the fight. Pineda legitimately couldn't see out of it. He definitely wasn't faking. 
Um, like I said, he was, uh, he, he was guessing how many fingers the ref was holding up just to, uh, to keep the fight going. He, even after he's like, after he completely got it wrong, he's like, I can actually see you just need to wipe, wipe my eye. And I can see he you just, just wipe it. Wrong it. Again, so. <laughs> I can see you just wipe it. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's getting, yeah, right. he's getting interviewed by DC and D, he's like, I'm telling you, I can see. And DC's like, you're doing the interview with your eyes closed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so right, but. Royal beating. I don't know how what Daniel Pineda's contract is. I this is my guy. I uh, I saw him go on a sick run in the PFL where he was like a substitute last seed guy, and he just sparked both both guys he fought, and uh, he would have been in the final for the one million dollar prize, but he popped for steroids, and uh, obviously if he's in the UFC, he's probably clean still in a way at least and maybe this is the uh the results of a a bad a bad uh post cycle type of uh type of uh come yeah. down cuz he's looked pretty bad I could but see that. I got great value on him against Herbert Burns no one I don't think anyone really knew who he was and uh he got Herbert Burns in that crucifix and just pounded his lights out then he got his ass kicked then I think he got a 50k bonus probably didn't train a whole lot got his ass kicked by Cub Swanson Probably didn't train a whole lot again. Got a bad, tough matchup against Andre Feely, who uh, took care of business against him. So I don't know how much more we'll see of Daniel Pineda, but uh, he is fun to watch and uh, clearly a tough guy, but not much more you could say about that than just tough. Yeah. Yeah, right. Power. He's got power and he's tough, but not, not much Yeah. Else. All right. Tim Means, Nicholas Dalby. This is, uh, this is where I'm getting into fights where that I didn't bet that I absolutely should have. These are like such bonehead like duh we knew this was going to happen type fights um tim means just got the job done he's just better than nicholas dalby he uh pretty much had his way with him not significantly better just a just enough to do- somewhat dominate everywhere standing up on the ground everywhere and get an easy decision against nicholas dalby so this is a fight i wish i would have picked yeah. but i didn't dalby dalby's a wild man though he was uh he was coming out with power the entire fight. He was just, he was throwing with everything. And usually like, you know, like I said earlier, this guy's gas and he didn't, he would, he carried that power into the third they round thought he was gas. and he absolutely stunned Tim means. I thought, I thought he was going to finish the fight at the beginning of the third round. Yeah. But um, bad. Tim means was like, he, once he regained his composure, he was like, that's not happening again. And he held him against the fence for the rest of the round. So, uh, but yeah, Tim Means did exactly what he had to do to win the fight. I think he probably wins like sixty percent of the time, from the looks of it, and maybe maybe a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, it was a good fight on both sides. I thought. I mean, Dolby, he, he that breathing thing. The, re- the, so, the broadcast yeah. was talking about it the whole time. Like DC was just obsessed with it. <laughs> like I, I I don't know. It's like the guys obviously doing that. Like. I mean, what you think anyone would breathe like that? If they were tired. Like it was, it was very clearly purposefully. But um, yeah, I mean, it it works, I guess, because he had a, he had quite the gas tank. Yeah, he thought. never gassed out. They thought he was dead after one minute. They thought he was they thought he was cooked after <laughs> one minute, and he was. Yeah, I'm like it's 30 seconds into the fight. Like there's, it's impossible. I mean, I guess there's a few guys that have gassed in like a minute, but uh, I mean, Dolby's not really known to gas, so. I guess he was an alcoholic for a while, and maybe maybe he used to gas, but uh, I mean, not since he's come back. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I wish I would have. I wish I would could. There was decent value on Tim Means, like minus one thirty or something. I wish I would have jumped all over it, but I did not, because I didn't really trust Tim Means. And that, no disrespect to him, but 
um, he did get the job done. Your guy, though, Hanato, Hanato Moicano, uh, pretty sure you uh, nailed this one right on the head. All you said last week was that he was going to absolutely dust Jai Herbert, and uh, that's exactly what he did. And his chin held up. Big credit to him. He took one one very solid shot directly on the chin from Jai Herbert, who does yeah, have a lot of power. Yeah, his buckled a little bit. Yeah, but he... That scared me. <laughs> I was a little nervous. And then after that, he just... Jai Herbert, he just... Uh, he was able to keep getting up in that first round, but Moicano, just a bulldog, just getting the takedowns, put him in bad spots, and uh, Herbert broke in that second round, and he, he just wasn't able to deal with it anymore. He got rocked pretty bad with some ground and pound, and then uh, and then just tapped immediately once uh, Moicano got the rear naked choke in. So, I mean, Moicano, I think he's a sleeper horse in the division. If he can shore up that chin a little bit, I mean, there's not a lot of guys that can beat him. I mean, you got guys like Fazev, obviously, but uh, any Fazev's gonna knock anyone out if he lands that shot. But uh, Moicano, I mean, he's got decent wrestling. He's got good takedowns, and his his jujitsu is legit and. You know, I think he's a little underrated as far as his stand-up is concerned. I think his stand-up, I mean, if he can take guys down and dominate them like he did to Jai Herbert, like that's his path to victory. But he can hang in there with some of the best. And in the Fazev fight, until he got knocked out, he was holding his own in those striking exchanges against one of the, you know, a pretty decorated striker, someone with some legit stand-up. So um, I, I think he's got all the tools if he can, you know, if, if that chin, if he can get that chin in check, which sometimes you see guys are able to do that and come back and, and get their chin back in order. And some guys, it just, it's a chronic problem. So um, it, that's his only thing. It's the only question mark on Moicano for me. I've been, I've been high on him for a long time. So uh, yeah, a good fight. He, he uh, slides through him with like butter on the ground there. Once Herbert got a little tired and uh, yeah, uh, pretty good win. He was, I think he's like a minus two fifty favorite. So it's not a huge surprise or anything, but uh but he did, you know, he dominated him like he was should have been a bigger favorite than that, probably. Yeah, absolutely. It was pure domination. So got the job done. Again, his chin held up to one super solid shot. So maybe uh, maybe he is getting it under control. I'm not sure. But uh, he did look good. Uh, here's another one that I w- was disappointed in myself for not taking. Kennedy Njoku versus Danilo Marquez. I forgot who Danilo Marquez was. He is, he is a one-round gas tank pure jujitsu goes for the submission right away guy and then gasses out if he doesn't get it forgot who he was bonehead move by me kenny njoku ended up getting the finish hardly a finish though more of a marquez giving up Uh, i don't know if his cup and his ass was messing with him or what the exact scenario (laughs) was but this fight was a an odd odd fight you don't usually see a guy on a guy's back for five straight minutes and almost on his back twice for five straight minutes that's pretty odd but um it uh that's how it went and Najoku just uh Najoku N- N- uh, that's a football player um Najoku I'm gonna have to repronounce his name but anyways Kennedy ended up finishing him with strikes um in the third round after just waiting it out so that was a uh that was a impressive win, pretty much kind of what I expected, and that's why I would have never I would have loved to pick against Marquez, but I uh I forgot who he was. Yeah, so I thought it was uh it was a good fight. I mean, I, I I'm 
kind of surprised that Marquez wasn't able to submit Nijeku, Nijeku in the in the first or second round. I mean, he had his back. He had all the chances in the world. And uh, Kenny Nijeku, he clearly doesn't have the best defense at this time. I mean, once he got put in that position, he had no clue how to get out. In the first chilling. round, his strategy was just to stand there and wait out the round and try again next round. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess it worked. I guess maybe you thought, like, if I can just stand here for two rounds, then he's not going to be able to to stand in the third. So, um, yeah, he put it on him. Great live bet by me. I bet Nijek oh, was plus right. 176 uh, going into the third round, and uh, and he finished it in about 30 seconds. So, yeah, I mean, it. it it, I thought it it had some, it showed some holes in Nijeku's game, but also uh, some solid spots uh, where he's able to uh, you know fight through that adversity and then get the win. Yeah, for sure. And I, again, I forgot who Daniel Marquez was, or I would, he's on my instant fade list. So uh, move on though to another guy I might have to add to my instant fade list: Worley Alves versus Jeremiah Wells. This was a uh, a lot of people probably had no idea, myself included, who Jeremiah Wells was. Made his uh, presence known, though, knocked out Worley Alves. Uh, Alves is a guy you just kind of don't know what you're going to get. Some, sometimes he uh, has great performances. Sometimes he uh, comes up very short, and this was one where he got uh, he got caught. Yeah, he did. Uh-huh. It was uh, – he did not look good. I mean, Jeremiah Wells, he – he's a pit bull, man. He was going at it. He was wild. He threw with – everything he could he put into those shots and uh yeah it worked out i mean he he absolutely uh put alva's lights out um he was uh completely out it's a good win and uh yeah i'm definitely gonna be tuning in for his next fight i mean it seems like it's uh he's just a matter of time till he puts someone's lights out if he's able to uh to fight at that pace and not get i don't know how his takedown defense and stuff is yeah we didn't learn I a guess whole lot we still have a lot of yeah, we still have a lot of questions, but uh, I'm definitely interested in finding out a little more about him next time he fights. Yeah, for sure. I'll have to circle him on my list. Uh, last fight we'll cover here, Charles Rosa, Justin Janes. Some would say this one was for all the marbles, uh, Justin Janes. Supposedly never saw a picture of a betting slip, bet his whole fight purse on this fight. Um, and by the cruelness of every of the universe he lost by split decision in a fight that uh i don't want to say it could have gone both ways but it was a close fight yeah it was a close fight charles rosa was i think the better fighter out there justin james had his moments he kind of he blew it i mean he had him hurt pretty bad and he he went for the takedown and it's just when when you got your whole fight purse on the line, if he actually did, it's kind of suspect if he didn't post a betting slip. Maybe maybe he was uh, exaggerating a little bit how much he bet on himself. But, uh, yeah, I mean, when you have when you bet your entire 25000 on yourself, what goes through your mind to not go for the finish there? Like, you're clearly – it could have been 1-1, I mean, but also it very well could have been – it, it more likely, I think, was uh, 2-0 for Rosa than it was 1-1. Um, so, you know, when you have that much on the line, what are you doing? Um, when you have the chance to finish, what are you doing not taking it? It just doesn't doesn't make sense to me. Maybe he was gassed. It looked like he was recovering a little bit on the ground there. But, uh, yeah, it just, uh, you know, 
when you talk it up, you let everybody know that you're betting that much on yourself and you make such a big deal out of it to, uh, to let an opportunity like that pass is just, uh, I, I, you know, it, I, it's unbelievable. <laughs> talk about a roll of the dice. Talk about a gamble, literally a gamble. Um, I don't know that people were really that mean or cruel afterwards. I know a lot of people were like, that was stupid, but um, I don't know if it got really the, it's so early on the prelims, like, and he's such an unknown fighter that it got a little bit of a buzz around the event, but I don't think it really got as much as it, I mean, I don't th- I think he kind of got off easy as far as what he could have been. Um, yeah, definitely. Got credit to him for going all in on himself. I don't know. I mean, some would say this probably borderlines on recklessness, but maybe he's, uh, doesn't have wife, doesn't have kids, whatever he can afford to do these type of things. Um, but coming up short for a split decision, I don't know what's worse. Would you rather get knocked out or get split decision loss here? Um, knocked out. <laughs> I mean, at least then you're not sitting there when one judge scores it and you're like, you know, you're all hopeful. I can just imagine how he's feeling. And then just to have it, your dreams crushed and your $25,000 slip crumbled up and thrown in the trash. And let's be honest, probably um, the last fight on his contract. Yeah. I mean, he's lost four in a row now, I think. And all uh, tough matchups, not many fighters. All tough matchups and a lot of short notice. He was taking any fight that give him all in a short amount of time within a year, I think. Um, yeah. Four fights in a or five fights in a year because he uh, he won the first yeah. one. So yeah, that's his fifth fight in pretty much a year. And uh, yeah, so I mean, maybe they'll give him one more. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Outside of the Benitez fight, he had a moment in every single fight where he he put hands on somebody. Yeah, he's he's an exciting fighter. So, I mean, they tend to give those guys a little bit more of a chance. But in the end, he's not like Platinum Perry exciting. He doesn't have the following uh, that Platinum Perry has. He doesn't – he's just I, – I, I don't want to, you know, shit on him while he's down or anything or, uh, you know, beat on him too hard. But he's just not that good, let's be honest. He, he's not. Yeah. Uh, he's really not UFC-level fighter. Um, so, I mean, I, I – I would be surprised if they keep him around. Yeah, interesting. But maybe it's bad PR to cut somebody after they lose their whole fight purse. So I don't know. Maybe don't... that was his, uh, you know, that's his uh, his his play. Maybe that was his move. Like I'm gonna. Maybe he yeah. didn't even bet at all. Maybe he didn't even make the bet. Like you said, maybe he just. It's like I'm gonna say I'm gonna bet my entire purse on myself. So then if I win, I'm probably gonna get my contract is extended. And if I lose, maybe they'll give me one more. Whatever he did, he put it all, whatever he did, he gambled on himself. And I hope in the long run, it pays off, but it did not in the short term, at least it absolutely did not. So I guess we'll leave it at that, but uh, who knows where, where we'll see him in the future, but he got a little buzz around the event. Obviously it didn't play out the way, uh, it could have, but I think it could have been worse too. Um, people can be brutal with stuff like that, so I think he, uh, I think he kind of got off easy for it, but a tough loss. So, um, other than that, though, anything else at the event? It was uh, nothing. I mean, it was basically just a filler card on our way to, uh, on our way to UFC 264 in a couple in a week. Yeah, no, that's that's it for me. Yeah, we covered a lot there. So then we'll just. Jump into our segments here. Uh, we'll start out with our Isn't He Awesome. Uh, it's my turn to go first this week. Um, 
I'll jump in right away. Uh, Derek Lewis, the Black Beast. This is, is, was, always will be a Black Beast podcast. And I don't care. This is just, uh, I can complain about them making an interim title. I can say it's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. But I can also say I would do almost anything to see just even a picture of Derek Lewis with a UFC strap around his waist, interim or not. I don't really care. I just want to see it with my own two eyes. That's the duality of man, I suppose, where... One thing I think is very, very stupid, and the other thing I can cheer for, and it's the same thing. But um, I think uh, I think he might be in Francis's head a little bit. I don't know for sure. Just uh, as a Black Beast supporter, I think maybe maybe that's a little bit playing into the factoring in a little bit why uh, Francis didn't want to fight him right away. But um, now he's got a matchup with our uh, Gon, who we don't think is any, all that. We're basically doubling down on our fade Gon fade gone takes and uh i uh if everything goes as planned Derek lewis will get his ass kicked for about 23 and a half minutes and then he'll land one bomb and walk out of the ring uh with a ufc belt around his waist in a couple months so uh wanted to give him a shout out early he's got his title shot and i hope he uh i hope he's able to capitalize yeah yeah, I mean, we're, I'm always down to watch a Black Beast fight. So, oh, yeah. Um, the, in the post-fight interview, uh, hopefully we get a win and we get the post-fight interview. With and, a belt. Uh, yeah, it makes magic happen. With a belt. With a UFC belt around his waist. The knockout king. It's going to happen. That, that would be unbelievable. <laughs> so let's hope for that. Uh, call out this week. I got Canada. Um, Montreal Canadiens in the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time in like 23, 24 years, only allowing 3,000 fans in the arena. Here's the catch, though. First of all, that makes no sense. Look where we're at. Everyone else in the United States, all full arenas. They're allowing as many people as they want to gather outside of the arena in the streets and fill the streets. How much sense does that make to not let fans in your arena but allow them to fill the streets outside the arena there's literally thousands and thousands of people and then the restaurants off the street off the same exact streets where as many people can gather as they want are still only allowed to have like 50 percent capacity or something talk about a cluster mess it's not even that big of a of a city or a place how do you screw this up you're in the stanley cup finals the only sport canadians care about a boot i should say and uh what a mess what an absolute mess they couldn't get it done in time for their one, basically their, this is like their, this is their Super Bowl, and they're blowing it. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. It just makes absolutely no sense. Like, I mean, why wouldn't you have people out there breaking them up or saying you can't gather here if uh, or just let if them into the such uh, a big deal if they let them into the uh, arena together. Yeah, I mean everybody's everybody's back open here in the states. Everyone's full capacity. I mean, granted, the spread of COVID is hot. I mean, as you can see by our boy, but uh, yeah, I mean these these events are danger zones for the COVID. Let's not <laughs> let's not get that mistaken. That's true. But, uh, you may have a totally but, different take on this now. You may be a changed man. Yeah, I'm moving to Canada. Yeah, no, yeah, right. I think you know, give people the the choice though. I mean, what? Why do they have to make that decision for them? I mean, if uh, if you want to go and uh, and watch a game and then be locked in your room for two weeks afterwards, then then so be it. Let them do it. Coming from coming from the ultimate 
source of uh, experience here. The man living it himself. Yeah, I don't understand. And everybody could have the vaccine if they wanted it to. So I don't know if that's true in Canada. Yeah. They haven't done a very good job. They've, You know what? USA gets a lot of trouble, and I'm not getting political here, but Canada has not done a very good job of rolling out the vaccine. They don't have that many people. Oh, no excuses. they got to give it to everyone for free. Yeah, no no excuses. They don't have that many people to deal with. So, um, But anyhow, right. there's also the fact that I put on all my Montreal Canadiens gear, which is just one hat and one shirt, a couple weeks ago. Snap to pick. There's maybe some people, buzz, some buzz around that maybe I'm the good luck guy because I didn't do it tonight and they lost five one to the Lightning in the first on the first game. So um, oh, I just wanted to flex flex my power a little bit and make sure everyone knows. Keep me on your good side and maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll come back out for uh, for game two. But five one, that's pretty yeah, good start. Let's get the pick. Let's get the pick and let's see if you if you're really this if you're all talk or not. Yeah, well, I've actually been absolutely botching all my favorites. I mean, it seems like whenever I dress up, I just steal all the swagger from from whoever I'm trying to support, <laughs> and I just run them into the ground. So, That's true. Uh, maybe I'm not good luck, but some people some people are claiming allegedly that I am. So, we'll see about that. So that's my call out there. I got Canada botching the uh, botching their Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, what do you got this week? Yeah, this week, uh, let's see. If my isn't he awesome, I'm going to go with, I got a few here. Let's see. Um, Justin James. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, get back to work, bud. But, uh, no, we're going to go with Jeremiah Wells. Like, relatively unknown, a big underdog. And uh, he just showed people uh, why, they, why he got the call, why he's in the UFC now. And, uh he just looks like he's going to be a force to reckon with. He looks like he's going to go in for the knockout every fight. And uh, Love those apparently guys. he's a wrestler, but uh, he didn't look like he's doing much wrestling anytime soon. So um, hopefully he keeps it keeps it with the stand-up, keeps, uh, keeps throwing haymakers, and, uh, and doesn't do too much of that wrestling that apparently he's good at. So that's what we like to see. Um, we don't mind a wrestler if he can, uh, if he can throw bombs. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, definitely Jeremiah Wells. Definitely going to be watching his next fight. And uh, runner-up, I got Kennedy uh, Njoku just being uh, winning me that bet. Can't complain. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, those are my, uh, my isn't he awesome this week. As far well as weekly call-out, I'm, I'm calling out Dana White in the UFC this week. I know usually we're very pro-Dana, but the handling of, uh, like, I just – this wasn't actually my call out. You just uh, made me wise to it, but uh, I, the more I think about it, the more I just think this is an awful president president to set for for Dana to be making this interim title. Don't get me wrong, Black Beast, love it that he's getting the shine, but Duality. it just it's just such a stupid move. You know, you you just need a main event so badly for August that you're ready to you know, basically just uh, start a war with your, you know, most promising marketable, one of your most marketable fighters in the uh, the UFC and yeah. uh, go after his management and everything. It just doesn't, it seems very short-sighted. Um, you know, you should probably be able to make something else happen. Um, I, I get it August is soon, but it just doesn't seem like the right move. And uh, I just think it's dumb. He's like, he got into a big Twitter war with Francis as uh, manager here and uh, basically uh, Francis' manager just said they're completely called, caught off guard by it. They told him he could f- fight in September, uh, but the UFC wanted nothing to do with it, made threats that they were going to do this, and then came through with it. Uh, Dana White's like, why should you be surprised? Like, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, I mean, for a guy who just fought three months ago, usually heavyweights, they fight a lot of them fight or heavy, not, not heavyweights. I mean, usually champions, champions usually fight like once a year. So to like Steve demand Francis turn around that fast, he, yeah, he, he works with you, says he's willing to fight in September, which is, you know, early for most, uh, champions, but you just say that's not unacceptable and it's got to be in August and you make an interim title fight three months after he wins the uh, wins the belt. It just it just it just stupid. I think it's short sighted and I don't think it's the right move. So uh, I think Dana, he, I think he made a mistake on this one. I'm usually very pro Dana, but uh, but I, I, I'm not liking this. I one. agree a billion percent. This is a total, complete and total botch job. Francis. What if he? What if he? What if he slips and falls and gets knocked out? And you had one of the mo- possibly most marketable. He finally got the belt. That's what everybody's wanted for so long for Francis to get the belt. Amazing story. Marketable guy. Unbelievable monster of a man. They haven't even tried to sell him. They have not tried to sell him at all. He should be on the cover of every UFC promo everywhere they can get him. This is what we've been waiting for: was for him to finally win that belt. It was a long road. It was, he waited three years because DC and Stipe were only fighting once a year and they had a trilogy. He waited a long time to finally get the belt. And you don't, like, I wouldn't even want him to fight. I would want him to take a year and do a tour. I mean, I know one thing I always respect about the UFC is fights over fighters. They want, they want, they want title fights. They want exciting fights. They don't protect anybody. But... I thought that they would sell Francis. They would put that same machine behind Francis that they put behind several other fighters before. But instead, they're just like, we just need you to go in there and knock somebody out because your highlights are the only thing we can uh, we can do for you, basically. Yeah, well, we need a main event for August. And yeah. it's like, I mean, August, and this fight, like, what what is this going to sell? I mean, I know they've usually been selling like 300, but I can't imagine this this pay-per-view is going to sell very well with this fake belt at the top, like, and uh, and just not having much at all uh, for this card. So it just seems, yeah, just short-sighted. I mean, yeah, like you said, Francis, it should he should be getting all the preferential treatment. Uh, I mean, he deserves it. He's got the story. He's got the highlights. He's got everything they need to to sell a million pay-per-views with this guy and they're trying to rush him back in and, and possibly not give him the time he needs to, uh, you know, really cement that legacy by, uh, just having him go out there and destroy guys. It just seems like they, Dana White's still holding a grudge because he lost to that first Stipe fight, uh, when he was put giving him the, the special treatment, it seemed like he was all ready to back him. Uh, you know, he ruined Dana's plans by losing that fight. And, uh, it just seems like he's, uh, he's gotten the short end of the stick since. Yeah. It's just a really strange, it's a really strange thing because I just thought, I thought that this was going to be, I thought that they were going to put the machine behind Francis here and they were going to, uh, you know, give him like nine, give him nine months. He's, he's been home. Also, this isn't really fair to Derek Lewis who deserves a title shot, not an interim title shot against a guy who only has seven fights. And quite frankly, it's going to be more than likely until Derek Lewis lands a bomb and that's what ha- that's his only chance to win. This is going to be a horribly boring fight between him and Cyril Gan. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it might be it might be just completely boring. I mean, who knows? Well, it, it, it's going to be a tough fight with what we've seen from from Gan. 
I mean, I'm I'm gonna be, you know, going for for Black Beast, big time. I might say he's gonna win, um, but uh, but it's gonna be a tough fight for him to win. I think. I mean, I did call I did call him knocking out Curtis Blades, but uh, I don't know if I, I I'll probably make a call again on on the Black Beast, but I don't know. This might be a tough fight for him. This might give Gon another win. Yeah, I mean. Let's put it this way. Curtis Blades was actually tagging Derek Lewis up pretty good. He needed that sloppy shot, that sloppy takedown attempt to land that bomb. So, And I don't think Cyril Gon's going to be making any sloppy takedown attempts. So he might just hang out on the outside, get in, get out, not try not to get touched, and uh, maybe he'll be successful at it. But, again, this isn't really right for Lewis, who actually has a win over Francis. They could run that one back. A month later, again, like you said, it's, they got to get a title fight for for August, and uh, yeah, I don't think this is the I don't think this is the way to deal with it. But um, that's the route they've chosen to go. As far as I'm concerned, this is pretty much a total botch job, and uh, I feel like some somebody was just pull, was just uh, firing from the hip here to get this all set up. Yeah, agreed, agreed. But that's uh, that's about all I got. So. Ready to do just uh, a quick pre or a quick discussion on UFC 264. We're not going to preview it, obviously, but uh, that'll be next week, I believe. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, we got Connor and uh, and Dustin at the top. Um, great fight, obviously. Everyone's stoked to see that one. But let's uh, everyone knows what's going on with that. Let's get into some of the other matchups. What what ones are you liking? I mean, I see we got Gilbert Burns versus Wonder Boy. Uh, should be a good fight. I think I'm gonna be on Wonder Boy on that one, but I'm gonna, uh, you know, I'll give you the official pick when we do this next week. And uh, what's this O'Malley? It seems like he's on every Conor McGregor card. It's like they want him to uh, to just get that Conor McGregor shine since he idolizes him and stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't know why they put him on there so much. We got Greg Hardy versus Tai Tuivasa. Um, that's an interesting fight. Um, I think it's a good, a good matchup for Hardy. Um, got Carlos Condit versus Max Griffin, Nico Price versus Michael P- uh, Pereira, uh, Kevin Lee versus Sean Brady. That could be low key fight of the night. Um, yeah, there's, there's just some good matchups on here. This is a, uh, this is a deep card, which we usually don't see for Conor McGregor cards. So, I mean, what, what do you think on this one, Alex? Yeah, that's the first thing I noticed, though, was that this is probably the deepest Conor McGregor card we've ever seen because usually they just leave him to uh, carry the whole load. And uh, it seems like they stack this one. They stack this one all the way down the board. Um, yeah, I like that. I like that I got Stephen Thompson on the same card as uh, Conor. Uh, always like watching Wonder Boy, one of my favorite guys. Um. Michelle Pereira on the same card. All my all my boys are on one card. That's pretty crazy. And now that I'm looking through it, um, let's see here. One more thing I want to point out: uh, Ilya Tapora. Um, if he smokes Ryan Hall, we can finally have all the hipster MMA fans just shut up about how good Ryan Hall is. <laughs> he never fights because he did a freaking sushi roll on the ghost of EJ Penn. That he's like supposed to be. A, number like a top ranked guy like that was like four years ago and it, it was the ghost of bj penn and ever no ever no everyone's just been talking about him ever since how 
how elite he is in his uh, his grappling, and it just he just hasn't fought since. So finally, we're gonna get a fight with him. It's been a long time since we've seen him. He's been in a bunch of fights that have fallen through or pulled out, but I think Ilya Tapora definitely has the grappling game to neutralize Ryan Hall, and uh, we know he has a stand-up to uh, put a beating on him, so nothing against Ryan Hall. I'm just so sick of hipsters being like, no one understands how good this guy is because he put a leg lock on BJ Penn six years ago when BJ Penn was like <laughs> running his record under 500. Yeah, this ain't jiu-jitsu. This is MMA. Yeah, it all, and it only works if you believe in it. So other than that, though, yeah, super stack card. We uh, will break it down next week. I, I already see people gearing up for it, though. This is just the the old Connor effect because I already see people gearing up for it. I, I smart kind of a smart move by the UFC to not have a card the week before because this is going to be like a double week of press and uh, – you can already see kind of how people are. It's This is ramping up. And uh, as far as trilogies go, to have the third fight, one knockout apiece, and the third fight come down to a minus 110, which is where it's at right now, between Connor and Dustin. It's hard to this, – this is a, this is a pivotal moment for Connor to bounce back and to, uh, I mean, lose this one, and it's going to be your you, – you really are going to be a shell of yourself, but uh, this is a chance to bounce back and have another, uh, you know, kind of top of the mountain moment, even though it's probably not exactly the same as the as it used to be. Yeah, I agree. I think this is a must win for Conor McGregor. I mean, I, if he keeps losing, if he loses this trilogy, uh, there's just not much left for him, I don't think, in the UFC. Like, how mu- how you can't pay this guy this much money to just keep going out and losing. So he really needs this win to get that, you know, just cement his legacy to open up more top, you know, elite fights in the UFC. Um, Because it's not going to, people aren't going to, there's not going to be a million pay-per-view buys to to keep seeing him smoke guys like Donald Cerrone. (laughs) So if he's not able to get wins against guys like Dustin Poirier, like, what's he doing? I guess we always got the Nate trilogy, the which last. can happen at any time. But, I mean, if he loses this fight, that's all that's left for him. Like, he's got nothing else to go to. Like, that's like, he's got one fight left, and that's versus Nate. And if he can't win that, then he really, I mean, I, I think that's a wrap as far as I'm concerned for, for his career, really. I mean, it's just, this is this is a pivotal moment, I think, for him. And, uh and usually he shows up when when he needs to, but um, I don't know. It, this is a tough fight for him. Um, I don't know if he can uh, figure out how to deal with those leg kicks this this quickly. It's uh, it's a thing that takes timing and and a lot of uh, a lot of practice, I think, to deal with correctly. And uh, it's he just does, hasn't had that much time. But uh, if anyone can do it, I think Connor can. So I mean, we'll see here though. I I just uh, I really think he needs to get the win and uh yeah we'll see uh see in two weeks yeah we got the uh, nate diaz break glass in case of emergency trilogy waiting on ice um but yeah <laughs> right i mean you think about how crazy is it? he's two punches away from getting a belt back or he's two losses away from like being like he'll always be a draw but he's basically underwater in his in his i mean he he doesn't want to fight on fight night cards and stuff like that. You can't keep like it's it, 
it wouldn't wouldn't it almost wouldn't make sense for him to continue in the UFC. He's too big to be fighting bums or small time guys or you know like rank number eight, rank number nine, rank number seven guys, whatever. He's too big for that. But if he loses two fights in a row, he's not good enough to be fighting for the title or or the contention anymore. So it's a uh, yeah, it's a What's crazy do, fight for a million bucks on yeah. on ESPN or something yeah. or an ABC card or something like. Yeah, it's a crazy amount of pressure because it's just such a crazy teeter totter for him. I mean, he'll be fine either way, obviously. But like I said, you beat Dustin, I, you're a big favorite against Charles Oliveira, whether he should or shouldn't be. But I just checked the the future on it, and he was like a plus one seventy or a minus one seventy five, I think, against uh against Charles. Minus 170 currently against Charles. That's a, I mean, that's an easier fight for him, I think a lot of people would think, than uh, than Dustin Poirier. So, I mean, if unless it goes to the ground, I could see that. But, I mean, like I said, you're two punches away from a belt or you're two losses away from pretty much catastrophic disaster. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think this buildup's going to be exciting. It's obviously these counter cards are always pretty big deals and plus middle of summer you get your fourth of july card basically so things are uh things are picking up in a good direction super stack card can't go wrong these are going to be this is going to be two good weeks of uh of mma headlines yeah, and action i'm i'm excited for the build-up i mean i hope connor learned his lesson you know dustin's a guy you got to get in his head we need bad guy connor we need the trash talk yeah. we need him to come out hot because uh when you exchange hot sauces and and whatnot before fights, you you know it just doesn't work. Calm well him for down. Him. You know, you got, yeah, you got to get him a hill, call him a hillbilly. You got to get in the guy's head, and uh, that's the way to uh, to get rid of Dustin quick. I mean, if you act like his friend, he's gonna beat you up. So, yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. So, um, I guess we'll just we'll leave it at that, and we'll just pick up where we left off next week because it's we don't have a card to. Uh, recap hopefully you're out of uh quarantine and uh we'll be feeling better and everything will be uh falling right into place for the uh for the um greatly anticipated ufc 264 so anything before we close out uh yeah i'll, I'll be out of here one way or another so <laughs> uh we'll be we'll be back in the studio next all week. right we got a jlt guarantee there lock of the night is that ryan's gonna be out of quarantine by next episode <laughs> <laughs> all right well we'll see you next all week. right yep so that'll do it for us this week and we will be back next week to pick up where we left off no violence this weekend but um we got a big one coming up so we'll see you all next week peace I need a big bag, you heard? Yeah. Don't break it.
I get sacked, yeah. so block for me. Eight ball in my corner pocket, it's on and popping, got the whole club leaning with it. And body rocking, drunk driving in my cut call. I got my truck ball, 72 Tennessee Titan, like what up, y'all? I'm on board, I'll let your home board. Better come quick, once I get it, then it's gone, boy. First come, first serve. Forget what you heard, I'm piecing out my pack till I get what I deserve. Blow the smoke out my nose. Pippin' on me, they know 